The new season is only a few weeks away, so it's about time we previewed it. Welcome to part one of our 2020 season preview. Welcome to your official Coventry Bears podcast. Welcome to Bear Necessities. Yes, it's preview time here at Bear Necessities, your official Coventry Bears podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and at CoventryBears.com. And over the next two weeks, we're going to bring you a thorough preview of the 2020 season. And who are we, you might ask? Well, I'm one of your hosts, Dave Musson, and joining me as always is former Bears fullback, Craig Cathcart. Craig, the new season is fast approaching. Are you excited? Yeah, we're nearly here, mate. We're nearly here. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm getting very excited. Um, Every Sunday now, it's kind of like a couple more weeks and we're nearly there so yeah it's going to be be really good so we've got loads to get through over these next two episodes and not only will Craig and I be previewing the Bears upcoming campaign and looking at what the rest of League One has to offer but we're also very lucky to have been joined by the new Bears CEO Debbie Watson and we'll split that interview over the next two weeks too as there's loads of good stuff in it um, and it's really worth spending a couple of episodes with it and as if that wasn't enough we'll also get excited about the third round of the Challenge Cup which is of course where the Bears come in more on that later in the episode but first a couple of bits of news so one's practical and the other is something quite exciting that hopefully plenty of you out there will be able to get involved with in some way so the practical bit first this podcast is now back on youtube you can find all episodes from now on on the official bears youtube channel as well as on all the usual podcast spots of course and we, we know plenty of you listened to us via youtube when we first started we finally got it sorted to get the uh, the new official episodes up on the bears channel as well and i'm sure at some point I'll be able to make a playlist of the old ones and pull those across as well if you're really desperate to go back and listen but yeah that's good so if YouTube is your is your chosen flavor for getting these episodes then it is back there and ready for you second the uh, the much more exciting news so we at the podcast um, have teamed up with our friends at the Bears to offer bands and musicians in Coventry and Warwickshire the chance to have their music played at the Butts Park Arena on match days and be played on this very podcast. So basically, artists, if you're interested, all you need to do is submit a track over at coventrybears.com slash music. And for every home game, two artists will have their song played in the stadium. And then every week on this show, we will play out the episode with a song. And not only that, if selected, you'll get featured in the match day program. You'll be invited to come to the game to hear your song played over the tannoy and when you're at the game, you can get interviewed by this podcast as well. All the details I say are on commentarybears.com slash music. Um, and we're looking for any genre. The only rule here is is no swearing. So whether you're acoustic folk or full on black metal or anything in between, we would love to hear from you, especially if you're full on black metal. Um, Craig, we know there's so much musical talent and heritage locally and the club is very proud to be part of Coventry. This is just a really cool thing the club has agreed to do with us and it's a great way to count down to Coventry being capital of culture next year as well isn't it yeah I think um, over the last sort of five to ten years I think music in Coventry has really taken off there's some absolutely fantastic local bands all as you said all genres as well there's great singer songwriters 
some really good heavy bands in Coventry and Warwickshire at the moment. Um, and some some real good pop stroke indie acts as well. So it's um, th- th- I'm pretty sure there'll be um, quite a lot of replies to this. I'm looking forward to hearing what's out there in the Coventry area. You know, I I, I must admit I don't. Um, there is a few local bands that I'm into, but I know that there is so much on tap talent out there. I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing it. Definitely. So uh, don't forget. If you are a band or an artist from Coventry and Warwickshire and you want your chance to have your tunes played at the Bears and on this podcast, get over to CoventryBears.com slash music. And who knows, your song might well be being played on this podcast and at a Bears home game sometime soon. Right then, so before we hear the first part of our season preview interview with Bears CEO Debbie Watson, Craig and I are going to start our season preview with a look around the rest of the league. So we're going to unpick what League One has to offer in 2020. And to do that, we're each going to nominate the team we're most excited to see the Bears play, the side we think will bring the best away support to Coventry, the team that frankly we're most scared to see the Bears have to tackle, and we'll each pick a dark horse for 2020 that isn't the Bears, of course. And then on next week's show, we're going to go deeper on the Bears themselves. So, uh, Craig, let's go in that order and we'll start with you and your pick for the team that you're most excited to see the Bears play in 2020. Who have you got? It's actually our opening game um, and it's a team that I've um, dropped down into to League One. So a, a team, a, a new team for us to, to, to see this year. Um, so Rochdale Hornets. Um, I think it's always great to play new teams when they when they come into the league. Um, it's another away day. Um, Rochdale, there's a lot of um, a lot of hype uh, around Rochdale at the moment because Andy Maisie, who was the ex Swinton chairman, is on board with them now, and there's a lot of promotion and um, a real feel good factor around the club. They had a pretty disastrous season last year in the championship, but looking to rebuild and move back up through the leagues. I mean, they're historically a big, big team. Um, they still they play at a fantastic stadium. Um, Spotland is, is quite a famous uh, rugby league stadium or, or Crown Oil Arena, um, as it's known for three mm-hmm. sponsorship reasons. But yeah, it'd be great to go and watch them away, the Bears away at Spotland and um, in a great stadium with brilliant facilities. And um I think there'll be a challenge to play. There'll be a challenge to play them, but I think I get the feeling that it's very good for Bears to play them at home um, as a first game because uh, Rochdale won't know what to expect with the Bears. Um, it's a good opportunity to try and get a win on the board early. Definitely, if ever there's a chance to catch them cold, it's going to be then. Um, for me, I'm going for Newcastle Thunder. I thought they were terrific last season. I think they had their best season in years, and you know. They're incredibly ambitious. I and mean, this is a club that's aim is to win Super League in 2030, which is only 10 years away. And that's pretty ambitious. And I think they're a really exciting prospect. And what, what I like seeing about Thunder is that there are plenty of parallels with the Bears too. I mean, you look at it, they've got a close relationship with the rugby union side. They're in an area where traditionally league is not that big a sport, but is definitely growing. And they're, you know, both Newcastle and Coventry are sports mad cities where there's generally sort of one club per sport. So there's a really passionate support there to tap into and I think Thunder's off-season has been good they've made some strong signings very excited at the prospect of seeing um, QLT in person at fullback on the uh, at the butts um, and you know in Dennis Betts they've got a, a really great experienced guy at the helm but of course 
not forgetting, you know, the Bears blew thunder away at the Butts last season with that absolutely thrilling win. And I'm, I'm really curious to see if we can do it again. And just, I guess above all, I just really admire how thunder go about their business. And you can't help but feel like they are gearing themselves to move up the ladder and sort of get getting set for bigger things in in the near future and it's I guess it's almost part of this pick is like the fact that we sort of need to enjoy having them in league one while we can because you you feel like they're not going to be in this division for that much longer I wouldn't have thought so that's my pick thunder um yeah good choice good choice so next up then it's our pick for best traveling support to visit the butt so I'll, I'll start this one and I'll start by saying that obviously we absolutely love seeing any and all away support I think I think you know it really adds to the experience on match days and it's great to chat to different folk at every match from different parts of the country. Um, so this is, I guess this, this pick is not necessarily singing, singling out the best as it were. It's just ones we, we particularly looking forward to. From my point of view, um, I think that the traveling support that, you know, one of the bunches of them that we're all going to remember at the end of the year has to be Barrow Raiders. I mean, you know, you've got to love your team to follow them from the outpost that is Cumbria slash Lancashire, depending on how old you are and, and whether you see Barrow as being Cumbria or Lancashire or not. But that Raiders support is just ferocious and fantastic. You know, I remember them coming down in 2017 would have been last time they were down in, uh, down at us and they were, they were great. And I think it was sad to see them get relegated from the championship last year, but kind of selfishly we've got that nice bonus that we, we get to welcome that lot back to Coventry. And it also forces our president, Ron Banks, to sort of have slightly divided loyalties too, which is always a bit of a giggle. Um, so, Craig, who, who have you got as your, your favourite slash best away support? I couldn't, um, I had to narrow it down to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Two teams that whose fans always, I always admire when they come down. The first one's another Cumbrian team, uh, Workington. Um, they always bring big numbers whenever they come down, even though it's, such a long trip down to Coventry. Um, they're always genuinely nice people, um, really um, easy to get on with. They, they chat to the Bears fans. Um, they support their team no matter what. But they, um, I, I just remember last year as well that um, when the Bears won, they were, you know, congratulating everyone. And they, you know, obviously they were disappointed with the result. But we have seen fans from other clubs who've not been quite as uh, magnanimous in, in defeat, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I was really, really impressed with them last year. And, and I think they'll bring a big crowd down with them this year, um, down to the Bus Park Arena. Um, the other mention, and I, I could, that's this is why I couldn't couldn't just say one team, but I have to mention North Wales. Um, yeah. Always bring loads. I mean, I think one year they brought two to three buses, bus loads down. Always loud as well. Yeah, they're loud. They've got a drummer. They sing and chant all the way through the game. But they're also friendly. Um, I've never seen any animosity at all. Well, I've been away to North Wales a couple of times in the last couple of years. Um, and their fans are friendly, um, but they back the team 100% uh, and, and make, as I said, and make a lot of noise. They usually locate in one area of the stand and, and make a real loud din there. Yeah. And uh, it's really enjoyable when they come down to visit. Yeah, both both excellent choices there. I, d- I did wonder if you'd go for North Wales. I, I know we've commented on how great their away support is in the past. And I think this year, being back at the Butts and having the, the sort of Bears supporters area more established I think it's it'll be interesting to see where the Crusaders fans park themselves and should be quite a quite a 
a ferocious atmosphere that game it'll be a good yeah. one okay so uh now then we're going to pick the team that we are as i said quite frankly not looking forward to the bears having to face it's this the side that we're most scared of in league one for for the bears um craig you, you can go first on this one who are you who are you worried about um it's a team you've mentioned already um newcastle thunder mm-hmm. i just think they're going to be really strong this year um they They'll be disappointed they didn't get promoted last year. I think they probably were, um, you know, well, they were one of the top three teams in the league. Um, I think Oldham probably and Whitehaven just edged them just because Thunder had an ability to be a little bit inconsistent at times. Uh, and obviously they started badly, losing to the Bears as well. Um, uh, and took them a while to get going. But um, the one thing to say is I think when we played them away last year, um, the fact that we beat them earlier on in the season seemed to egg them on even more and they really were up for that game. Um, that's, that's a good point, given, yeah. Given Bears an absolute hammering, to be honest, and um, up at their place. Um, I think it'll be the same this year. So um, that puts a little bit of worry in, in. But as you said, I'm I'm quite intrigued to see if we can you know, if we can match our performance at home from last year, um, I think they'll probably be a bit edgy coming down to the Butts Park Arena, having having lost lost here last year. So, yeah, at the same time, though, I I am a bit worried about what um what ongoing repercussions might come from that win last year. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so my choice is Doncaster. Like, it just feels like throughout the time we've done this podcast, whenever the Bears have faced the Dons we've been absolutely walloped and it's always been a really tough game that they're, they're so ruthless as an opposition that you know even in games when the bears have played okay against doncaster it's been a big score against them because the dons just don't miss any opportunities and this year they look like they mean business even more than they have done so previously i mean their pack was already big and they've made it bigger we've commented before on like their setup and the stadium and the facilities they have is just really a step above and and really daunting in in some ways just just that facility they have access to but let's face it the main thing i mean rangi chase is far too good for league one and you know he's going to give them a lot of points this season and i think if they click they could be absolutely devastating for anyone who faces them so yeah as is always the way i'm not particularly looking forward to us playing doncaster um i feel like they're gonna have quite a big year yeah they've got um i think they've got a fantastic um ceo in carl hall as well someone who who really knows the game inside out he's um he's not gone in there and thought we're going to spend tons and tons of money to try and get up through the leagues. What he's done is he's, he's taken an approach where they're building something. Um, and I think, um, this year as well, they've, they've tried to cut the cord a little bit. I think with the, with the dual reg agreements, I think they had a dual reg agreement with Hull FC. I think it was trying to cut the cord and they've signed a few players um, but they always play good rugby as well. They've got some really top quality players. So yeah, I, I kind of um, agree with that. I think they'll be a bit of a force this year. Yeah, yeah. So last up then, it's time to pick our dark horses for one of the League One promotion spots. I guess potentially the title, but potentially the other promotion spots. So I'll go first here and I'm picking North Wales Crusaders. Um, and these are very much my dark horses to sneak th- sneak in through the playoffs. And I, I'm saying it for a couple of reasons. First, we know 
first-hand experience, they've got some very, very good players because there's a bunch of them who are former Bears in that squad and we've seen up close on many occasions. So just thinking Kieran Sherratt, Chris Barrett, Dante Morley-Samuels, Matt Reed, Brad ben- Brennan, you know, they're all high-quality players. But I think for me, most importantly, there's a really settled feel to everything that's going on in North Wales this year. You know, they've got the turnover of players going into 2020 has been pretty small. They've had a lot of the squad have committed again from last year. And last year, they, you know, they were quietly, quietly very good. They went about their business very efficiently last year. Um, and I think their actual physical, physical location means, you know, that they're branching out into Heartland's players a bit more as well. And, you know, we've, we've, we've covered North Wales Crusaders games quite a lot in the time of doing this podcast. They're always difficult to beat. We haven't talked about that many Bears victories against North Wales, and that says a lot. Um, and they're almost the definition of a dark horse. You know, you look around, hardly anyone's mentioned them as potential challengers this year. I mean, apart from me, pretty much. So I think they're going to have a good year. And I, I think they're, they've very much got the ability to sneak under the radar and come, come business end of the season. They could well be in the mix. And that I wouldn't surprise me at all if they, if they surprise plenty of people this year. Um, who's your dark horse, Greg? So I think they probably don't, this team probably don't qualify as being a dark horse because um, I think a lot of people know that they're a good side. Um, but looking at predictions online and the betting odds and everything else, um, uh, quite a few other teams are a bit more fancy. But I think Workington will be a lot stronger this year. I think uh, I think they're in for a good season. Uh, I think they've got a great coach in Chris Thorman. Um, He's had an opportunity come in sort of midway through last season. Um, well, his first game in charge was against the Bears, wasn't it, where mm. they lost? So um, he's had a good, you know, he's had a full pre-season. Um, he's had an opportunity to, to look at his players. Um, I'm thinking they probably need a couple more signings before before the start of the season, but I think they might be might do a bit of a Whitehaven this year and, and, and surprise a few. I think... Um, the Cumbrian teams obviously have a bit of a disadvantage with the number of long away trips they've got, but they also have a good home advantage in that everyone has to come to them. So I think they'll be strong at home. I think they'll win near most of their home games. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see them see them up there at the end of the season. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, yeah, good stuff. Okay, well, that's our League One preview done then um, in terms of the rest of the league. Next week, we'll look at the Bears in more detail. Um, but now we've got a bit more stuff to get through this episode. Challenge Cup talk coming later on. But first, let's go to the first part of our interview with new Bears CEO, Debbie Watson. There is loads of great stuff in this. So get comfy and listen in. So Debbie, welcome to the podcast. Um, first question first. I mean, how are you enjoying life as a CEO so far? <laughs> thank you and thank you for having me on it's busy but then my role within the bears has always been busy it's exciting it's it's nice to have a title it's mm-hmm. nice to uh, to be called the ceo whatever that actually means um i suppose it really is just about being a little bit more focused on what parts of the the all the millions of tasks that need to be done what parts i need to focus on and then obviously which which parts alan focuses on mm-hmm. but yeah it's, it's exciting and busy so i guess a lot of people see ceo and they have visions in their head of what that might be in terms of what being ceo of the bears is what exactly does it involve yeah it's it's, it's a fancy title isn't it <laughs> um i think it's it's really um a coordination role 
for me particularly, it's about coordinating everything that's not rugby playing related. Mm-hmm. So obviously Alan sort of moved over and he's director of rugby. So he's involved with the players on a day-to-day basis and putting the team together in the squad and all those sorts of things, ensuring that the coaching staff and the medical staff are all on track and doing those sorts of things. And I suppose everything else then falls within, within under my remit. So he's more focused on the playing side and I'm more focused on everything off the field, as it were. Mm-hmm. So it's mainly um, coming up with the, the strategy for the club, the goals. I deal with the, the HR stuff, so human resources, making sure that um, all of the staff are in place and that they're on the payroll and they've got their, you know, their qualifications checked and all those sorts of things. I'm responsible for safeguarding, mm-hmm. uh, responsible for organising the game day. There's a lot of things that need to be um, done with the the Rugby Football League, the RFL. So things like safety of the ground, attending meetings with the RFL and other clubs, uh, making sure we've um, ticked all the boxes and doing all the returns that we need to. Um, Obviously, previously, my my main focus of my role was finance. Mm -hmm. So I'm still doing that also. And another main part of my previous role, which I will also carry on, is um, the coordination of all the community activity. So really that's a sort of embedding a player pathway right from sort of five, six-year-olds through our junior um, setup all the way into sort of the colleges and universities so that longer term we've got players who are coming from the Midlands and, and you know, the local Coventry area um, to be players of the future. So I look after that too. So it sounds quite a lot when I put it all, <laughs> when I explain it all like that. I was, yeah. yeah, was going to say exactly that. It's, uh, it's incredible. There's it's lots, of, lots of great stuff going on. Um, one of the things you've you've mentioned in the off season is about the the fact of the bears always being a family club i mean it's obviously with your your other half being its founder and you being so so deeply involved yeah. i'm just curious in the off season so when when alan took over the role of director of rugby and the sort of the ceo post got freed up as it were was there ever was there ever any question of somebody else coming in or is it was it something you always wanted to do and and was there a desire to sort of keep it in the family as it were um yeah i mean it's a difficult one really I suppose it isn't particularly something that I ever saw myself being obviously with Tom um, going on to his new role which was fantastic for him it 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 was a bit of a, not a shock to us, but it was a sort of, oh, okay, what are we going to do here? Mm. And it was the natural progression, really, for Alan to pick up that, you know, that part of the role and move with it. And therefore, it was the natural thing for me to step in as CEO. So it wasn't something we'd ever actually planned to happen like that, but it, it, that's how it worked out. Was there a question of anyone else coming in to do it? Not really. Yeah. Um, I'm sure probably people think that Alan and I are millionaires, but obviously we're very not. Those uh, <laughs> We're not wealthy at all. Um, there is no finances. There's no pay for the CEO. I don't take any wage or salary from working for Coventry Bears. So therefore, we would, if we were taking on somebody else to be CEO, we would have had to find some money, you know, some finances somewhere to pay for them. So not really. There's also, I suppose, the issue if there was somebody else coming into the role, um, we would need time to recruit them. They'd need to settle in. They'd need to understand the nature of running a club, have induction. And then obviously there's a possibility of them leaving in the future. Hmm. So there just wasn't really a question um, of, of 
who it would be really it was just the natural sort of step for me to take on yeah. um unfortunately in my, my other role i'm a teacher a part-time at the moment so i've got the capacity to do that yeah so so that's sort of how it um, came about but as you say with the family feel run of the club it wouldn't it wouldn't be the natural thing for somebody external to come in um certainly an unknown person to us we always like to keep it within the family within our close sort of family and friends relationship with our staff and volunteers for the club well i was going to ask like is is it is it important to you to keep that family feel at the bears yeah, it is really. I mean, it's, it's almost like our, our USP, our unique selling point. It's not planned. It's just the way that it is. As I say, you know, we're not millionaires, Alan and I. We don't have um, links across the world and to national businesses. We don't have deep pockets um, that we can just, you know, throw finances at it. We are quite well known within the city, within sort of sporting circles, within local communities. And I would like to hope within local businesses as well. And so therefore, that's what we work within and so therefore again it's sort of natural that it is um, a family-run organization we have lots of um, volunteers and staff as you know and you guys are you and Craig are some of those amazing volunteers that help us on and off the field Um, and, and that's really what we want it to be we like to know everyone who's involved with us and we really appreciate everyone who's involved with us um, and that's what we want it to stay. We're not a big business. We haven't got unending finances. So we like to keep that family feel. And from what we hear from the fans and from the players, I think they like that. So therefore, that does become our unique selling point. So it's, again, you know, just keeping it within the family feels like the natural thing to do at the Bears. Yeah. So there's, so there's you and Alan at the top of the club. And I think most people listening will have probably seen any or all of your children at some point on match days as well, like <laughs> part of the ball crew or being on the gates or whatever. You, you clearly put so much of your lives into this club. I'm curious, do you, do you guys talk about the Bears at home or do you, do you try and keep the two separate? <laughs> Yeah, no, of course we do. It's it's hard, really. I mean, we we try to have uh, some separation, but it is hard. It's like you say, it's a family-run business. It's um, it's not the most sociable hours of business. So obviously, Alan's out a couple of evenings a week with the Bears, training with them. Match days are on a weekend, so it does become part of our family. As I say, you know, due to the nature of my my other job, my my role as a teacher is part time, so it works quite well. Alan and I try to talk about bears while the kids are at school um, during the sort of normal nine to five working day but inevitably it does spill over uh, for example our first game of the season is on the 16th of February and that's Blake's birthday oh, right. so uh, my little boy turned seven that day and we've already explained to him I'm really sorry we've got a bears game on that day um, so we'll have your party the day before and he's fine with it but yeah it's it's a part of our family the bears is part of us um, and our kids have grown up with it really so I think they've uh, they don't know any different <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I mean I guess lots of talk in the run-up to a new season is often about new players and new signings but yeah. if you look at this year I think arguably a bigger story is the fact that the Bears are, are not only back at the butts for this season but for the next three years I guess yeah. how how pleasing for you is that and how important is it to have that agreement particularly around making it easier for you as CEO to sort of to strategize and plan and and just know you're going to be in Coventry for a good chunk of time yeah 
I think that's it. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head, really, Dave. It's, I mean, it's really important to to have stability, to know what's happening next week, next year, and like you say, for the next three years. It's really important. It was really disappointing last year that we were on the road. It almost ruined us as a business unfortunately it was difficult it was difficult logistically you know we had to sort of move all our gear all our stuff all our equipment and everything and set up and have lots of meetings in advance um and you know it was great in some respects and you know we really appreciate broad street and rugby lions for making us so welcome there but it, it wasn't our home ground and it wasn't coventry bears and you know just just on that point really i really want to express our appreciation to all the players the fans the volunteers and everyone who stuck with us last year we know that it was difficult the uncertainty being in different places playing at different venues and we do appreciate them sticking with us but it's great news that we're back at the books we're really pleased you know it took a long time to get that over the line and have that agreement but it's so nice to know that for three years now we're going to be back at the books and I'm sure you'll agree from our pre-season friendly it's fantastic you know the, the pitch is amazing isn't it yeah. we've got um, we've we've built a much closer relationship with um, Coventry Rugby in the Butts Park Arena and that's fantastic um, you know, we, I suppose fans and, and uh, players and, and staff as well need to sort of appreciate that because of the new facilities and the new pitch that's been laid, our rent has gone up. And obviously, you know, you have to pay for things like car parking and things like that. But we, we just want people to understand that some things are out of our control and uh, we just want the best playing environment for our players and we want our home games to be as good as possible. Unfortunately, that does mean that costs go up and therefore the price of match tickets goes up, but we hope that people will stick with us um, and want to come along and see us play in that amazing facility. It really is world-class facility and we're so lucky to have it. Mm. And it's great that we've now got that three-year relationship with um, the Butts Park Arena. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I'm sure I'm sure from speaking to people I've already spoken to, they're, they're equally excited about being back. So I don't think there'll be any Correct. trouble getting people to, to stick around. Really, it's, it's such a central location, isn't it? It's, yeah. You know, for everybody who associate with a, a team within the city, they want a good location. They want a central location and they want the facilities to be as good as they can be. And I'm confident that we've got that at the Butts Park Arena. So fingers crossed everyone comes along with us yeah yeah so i can't imagine that in the professional men's game at the moment there are too many women ceos like do you see yourself as a bit of a trailblazer in that respect <laughs> what, what, like karen brady yeah. well, <laughs> no. well I, I could think of nicer examples <laughs> no um like, as i explained it's it's just the natural fit really um i mean i suppose i do sort of have the uh, blow my own trumpet here but I do have the sort of the skills and the abilities to fulfill the role um, I'm a business studies and economics teacher by by profession um, so I sort of I do understand about how to set goals and how to coordinate um, you know what our priorities are and our core competences and all of those sorts of things so it is kind of the natural role for me I, I don't think I'm going to be setting the world on fire I know that it probably is unusual that I'm a female CEO um, in a rugby league world, but it's it's just a role. Um, Alan obviously takes care of all the rugby side of things, and I take care of all the business side of things. Yeah, I mean, on that on that fact point about the sort of the 
women in this in the in this game of rugby league i mean it it is a sport that is very welcoming to women and and actually the women's game globally is growing at a rate of knots and i know the bears previously had a, a women's team and it, a, a mm-hmm. lot of this is around like being able to get players together and secure opposition but yeah. if you could tick those things off would you like to see that women's bears side revived at some point uh, yeah absolutely i mean I, I wouldn't have any um objections to it at all it's it's not really a priority for us now i yeah. think after you know we've only been professional for a, a few years we've obviously had some uncertainty around our home location last year it's not really a priority our core competence is is the men's team mm-hmm. um that's that's what we're good at that's that's you know where our, our expertise lies what we need to focus on now is having a pathway to feed into the men's team mm-hmm. um, and that's via our junior setup and all our links with local schools and colleges and the universities um, and obviously other clubs around the around the local sort of area we do have females who um, train with us in the in the juniors and that's great their numbers aren't their numbers aren't great there's not lots of them but yet yeah, females are very welcome to come and play with us in the junior set side we Alan and I um, together with Troy Perkins also have um, a franchise of tri-tag rugby where we have females um, and males play um, in almost equal mix in the teams at least three three females need to be on the pitch at any one time out of a team of seven Hmm. Um, so we have loads of females playing across the city in Coventry and in in Leamington and Warwick as you guys know you've you've played with tri-tag rugby with us haven't you Um, so there definitely are there is a lot of interest in females being part of the game as I say, it's not really a priority for us now, but as things settle down and we get that stability, that might be something we look at in the future. Help out the Bears even more in 2020 by joining the free Our League app. Not only will you get access to great news and content from across Rugby League all week, that's League One, Championship, Super League, the Women's Super League, PDRL and the international scene, You'll also find matches live-streamed every weekend, podcasts, competitions, games, and more. And, even better, you can select the Coventry Bears as your chosen team to proudly show off your support for our club. We'd also really appreciate it if you did select the Bears as your team, as there's a chance that some of our funding could be dependent on how many registered fans we have on our league in the future. So, the more, the merrier. Join now for free by searching for the Our League app in your app store or by visiting membership.rugby-league.com. Huge thanks to Bears CEO Debbie Watson for joining us and don't forget we'll have the second part of that chat next week. Okay, before we sign off, we need to reflect on the draw for the third round of the Challenge Cup which took place on Monday and saw the Bears handed a tough trip away to fellow League One side Hunslet. So Craig, we'll have your reaction to the draw in a second but first, a very quick word on our friends at Sherwood Wolf Hunt. They sadly weren't able to make it through to round three but they put on a great show last weekend. They raised loads of money for the Rob Burrow Fund and generally they just did Midlands Rugby League really proud didn't they yeah yeah it's absolutely fantastic for them um fantastic for midlands rugby league it's great to see a new young club i think they're only three years old thriving and um you know they've brought so much attention to themselves and you know people all around the country have been keeping an eye on them and interacting with with their posts on social media so they've done done a fantastic job of 
um, promoting the game. And um, I think they had six over 600 fans on a really wet, miserable, horrible day. Yeah. Um, so, that, I mean, that's a brilliant achievement. That's that's such an amazing attendance. Um, I think there are they are a club going places and I really hope that they continue to grow and thrive and it looks to me like they've got really good people behind the club um, they did really well in the game itself I mean they were they were outplayed uh, in the end by an experienced um, team um, I think the Wolf Hunt most of their squad are um, union converts. Um, I did notice an ex-Coventry Bears player, Richie Hughes, mm-hmm. playing for them, and uh, he had an excellent game, by the way. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot to learn, but they'll have gained a huge amount of experience as well from playing, um, you know, playing a team um, that, that is experienced at this level. Um, so, good luck to them, and, and I hope one day that they'll be um, playing the Bears in, in a league match. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Hunslet away then for the Bears. It's a tough draw, but you never know, do you? Um, I think, in for me anyway, in terms of, I mean, I wanted a, a home game. Um, I wanted to play a team we'd not played before just for the experience of that, but... You know what? In terms of away draws, that's not too not that's not too bad. It's going to be a tough game, um, but it's not a long journey. It's actually, I think, it's one of our shorter trips now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think possibly only North Wales and Scholars are are closer. Um, you know, it's it's straight up the road, and uh, it takes a couple of hours to get there. So. Um, the other thing to say as well is that at this time of year, um, and it's no dis- disrespect to community clubs, but you go away to a community club, a conference team, you could be playing on a heavy, muddy pitch, mm-hmm. uh, on a pitch that you've never played on before. Um, the facilities and everything else are, are really good at Hunslet. We're always treated well when we go up there. So, um, as I said, it'll be a tough game, but it's a game that the Bears can win and you never know what might happen on the day um it's a good warm-up for league one as well i think um playing another league one team it gives it'll give the players an idea of what you know how they've progressed in in pre-season and where they are ahead of the first game of the season Mm, definitely i I think it's it's obviously not as as easier game as we might have hoped for but like you say it's a really good run out a really good test ahead of the start of the league season we always get away draws though i mean apart from here where we actually had a cup run apart from that year we get we always get an away draw although not quite as bad as scholars they got barrow away which is pretty much (laughs) as far as they could possibly have to travel yeah, and hey, uh, at least at least it wasn't Doncaster away this year. Yeah, and I did manage to speak. I didn't manage to get an interview last night because we only spoke in passing. But I did manage to have a chat with Alan Robinson last night as mm-hmm. well, and, and he spoke about the draw. And uh, him and the coaching team were relatively happy with that. Um, what they've said is they will play anyone that's put in front of them. Um, they would have preferred a home draw, obviously, same same as what I've said, but. Um, in terms of away draws, they were relatively happy with that in terms of how it impacts on their preparation ahead of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you get, if you get, say, a really, uh, you, you know, if you if they're drawn, say, West Wales or one of the Cumbrian teams, then you're looking at getting home um, late on a Sunday night. Um, it, it shortens the week in terms of um, when the next game is and stuff like that. So um, they're relatively happy about that. And it means that they can um, get the players prepared. And, and as I said, as I mentioned, I think they're, they're looking at it as a good opportunity to um, 
to progress in the cup, um, but also to use it as a as a, a an exercise to to get prepare the players ahead of the the league season. Yeah. Great. Well, um, we'll talk a little more about this game in next week's show, but for now, we're done. So join us next week as we continue our season preview and bring you the rest of our interview with Bears CEO, Debbie Watson. And don't forget to subscribe or follow us on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you listen. Craig, thanks as always, and catch you next week. Cheers, mate. Thank you. 